Hey, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing good? How many of y'all are cold? Man, if you were cold, you could have been jumping around during the worship. You could have been. It was cold when we got in here this morning. And uh, it has warmed up a little bit, but, you know, this is Florida. This isn't supposed to happen, am I right? And all you people that pray for snow and everything, what is going on with you? Today is going to be an awesome day. Come on, how many of y'all can feel it? In your bones. Um, you know, our church uh, is part of the Association of Related Churches. We call it ARC for short. And um, we planted uh, Emerge Church in 2012. We were ARC Church Plant number 243. And today, ARC is celebrating their 1,000th church plant that is happening today. And this is significant because uh, we, as a church, have helped ARC since we have opened to plant 757 churches, y'all. That is awesome. And so it's a big day for ARC. And so thank you for your giving so that we can sow and invest into what God's been doing through ARC and just seeing what God has been doing through the years. A thousand churches in, in all different communities, not just here in America, but even going worldwide with this thing. So that is absolutely incredible. Today, I want to continue our series called It's Time. It's time. How many of you have enjoyed this series? It's been all right? Awesome. Well, today we're going to carry on. I don't want to tell you what the title is yet. I want to kind of leave you hanging for a few minutes, and then I'll tell you what it is. But I want you to go to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I've enjoyed the series, and I feel like God is speaking not just through me, but I feel like God is speaking to me. And uh, this message I want to share today is something that the Lord has spoken to me uh, numerous times and some, some perspective and some revelation about something that I believe each one of us in here have been searching for, trying to figure out. And so Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 10, it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Come on, that's a good day when the people, the crowd presses in because they want to hear the preacher just want you to know that's a good day when you just sit there and don't do anything that's a tough day because we got to work harder hint little hint to you right there okay some of y'all like i ain't doing nothing all right verse two he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets and stepping into one of the boats jesus asked simon its owner to push it out into the water so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper. I like that part. He tells Simon now, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. I like that part where he says, go out where it's deeper. He tells him, go to some deeper water. And the one thing we know about Jesus is this, is that he challenges us to go deeper in our faith. That's one thing we can see in Scripture. In fact, we even see that he challenges us to raise our standards. Now, we don't all like it because we want to talk about the grace and mercy of God for where we have failed. And it's just like, Jesus, come take care of the failures. But what he's trying to do is set you up to abundant living. Set you up to living a life that is fulfilled with everything that he promises us. And so we see him challenging faith. We see him raising the standard. Now, my experience with people whenever you raise the standard is they get mad at you. Am I right? 
Like, why would you do that? We were getting along fine, and you want to raise the standard? Because it seems like it's making it harder. Seems like it's making it, like, more challenging for us to do. But I've learned a long time ago, you don't win unless you're challenged. If you have no challenger, you're just running around crazy. But you put somebody challenging you, now you can race, and now you have the opportunity to win. And so he raises the, the standards. And so where he says, now go out to where it's deeper, he's saying, it's time. The word now, it's time. Right now, it's time to go into the deeper things. But then I went deeper into the text and found what Jesus was trying to show them in the deeper water. Because Jesus does things with purpose. Not just to mess with you. Not just to try to get you to do things. But there is a purpose behind what he is doing. So as you keep reading, verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard. Jesus, I've been working hard. And in the middle of me working hard, you want to come and make it harder? Ever felt that way? Like, come on, Jesus, give me a break. I've been working hard hard and now this we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing but if you say so I'll let the nets down again you ever put tone into scripture whenever you read it like I wonder how this really sound I wonder if he was like look we worked hard all last night you know what I mean y'all feeling that part all last night Jesus, we didn't catch nothing. And you know how it is. Whenever we fish and we don't catch nothing, just it's not. But if you say so, if that's what you want us to do, I'll do it. I'll let down the nets again. And look at this in verse 6. And this time, say this time. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they begin to tear. Come on. This time. Everybody's got a last time. All of us, we got a last time when that happened. But what about this time? See, many times we won't give this time a try because of what happened last time. We fear that history will repeat itself and we tend to define everything based off of history. Instead of seeing the possibility of what God could do this time. And I just feel like there's some people here, some people who are watching that have been questioning what was going to happen this time because of the things that happened last time. But I just feel like it's a setup for what God wants to do. And now you're intrigued enough that you have to step into this time. Because it's time. A shout for help, verse 7, brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Uh, a, a blessing was turning into a problem. So many fish. Come on, how many of you ever had that fishing trip? It was so many fish. Just so, no, that's not usually the story. They're like, we didn't catch nothing. These guys are dealing with so many fish, like our lives were at risk. Our boats were sinking, like it was bad. Thought we were going to die. 
on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, listen to this part. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Perspective. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. What started out as a bad night at work turned into a life-changing day for Simon. You know, you're going to have those days where it's just like, well, it ain't starting out too good already. <laughs> just chalk this one up as a loss. That's where he was. And it turned out to be one of the most significant days of his life. But everything started in this story when Jesus stepped into the boat. Like, I need you to see this. When Jesus stepped into the boat, everything changed. And this wasn't Simon inviting him. This was Jesus finding an empty boat, stepping in and asking the owner, can I borrow this? Kind of already doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Might as well. Might as well. Jesus already in the boat. He's not fully aware of even who Jesus is. This is just the commercial fisherman cleaning up for the day, ready to go home. Call it the day. And Jesus steps into his boat. And now Jesus wants to use what he has. And he just thought this was just a few moments for Jesus. We'll carry on. He had no clue he was going back to work that day. And he had no clue that when Jesus said, go out into the deep, that he was about to discover something that he had been looking for all along. Verse 10, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, watch this, don't be afraid. From now on, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. Today, I want to talk to you about it's time to live on purpose. It's time to live on purpose. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this day, the opportunity to gather. Thank you for your presence that is in this room and for the hearts of every person that is seated here and those watching online. We open our hearts to you now and ask you to speak to us. Make this come alive in us and let us grab the revelation of who you are and who you want us to be. So, Father, I ask you to speak all over this room. Use me simply as a mouthpiece to speak for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever in, been interrogated by a four-year-old before? <laughs> you're, you're laughing because you know. Um, when they get about that age, they start asking about everything in public. <laughs> in front of all the people that you don't want them to ask it in front of. Y'all know what? I mean, y'all feeling that right about now. And they have this one question that is the most, like, continual, nonstop. And it's one word. Why? <laughs> hey, I'm going to need you to stop that, honey. Why? And as a parent... There's that little three-letter word right there can do a whole lot to a parent. Am I right? And I know, listen, as a parent, you have all the good intentions because you want to train your child in the ways of the Lord. 
and raise them up to be mighty warriors in God's kingdom. But there is something that occurs when that four-year-old just drops Y on you. That makes you really check yourself. Like, walk away for a minute. Anybody ever had to do that before? I was like, I'm going to leave you right there and I'll be back. And you're like, Lord, you better help me because I'm about to do things I should not do and say some things I should not say. And it's even worse when they're 14 and they do that. Am I right? Or even worse when they're 40. Y'all work with anybody like that? Yeah, some of y'all are like, preach on that, please. That's a different day. That's a different day. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. We're, we're the kid who is curious and interested. Obviously, they just want to expand their wisdom and understanding of how the world works. Right? Wink, wink. That's how they present themselves. But in reality, they're looking for a way out. They're looking for an excuse. They are looking for you to say something. It's amazing at four years old that they can do this. They wait for you to say something so they can turn it around and use it against you. Who showed them how to do that? Four years old. It's like, kid, I will take you out. I love you, but you're, I'm telling you, you're about to spend some time in your room. And then they do it. Why? Oh, kid, I love you. I love you with the love of the Lord. The question why can go a number of different ways. It can be used in a manner to challenge things, but it could also be used in a manner to figure things out. And you can say that from an early age, we have been asking why. And I believe it's because we all have this search for purpose. We're trying to figure out purpose. In fact, I heard this quote several years ago that the two most important days of, of your life are the day you're born and the day that you find out why. <laughs> the day that you're born, and let's say it like this, the day that you discover your purpose. Yeah. Two most important days. And I will, I will amend that a little bit because I think the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born again. Amen. Yeah. And give your life to Jesus and the day that you discover your God-given purpose. And I want to talk about this a little bit and talk about it's time to live on purpose. It's time to live on purpose. In Luke chapter 5 verse 10, Jesus tells Simon, from now on, you will fish for people. Or in some versions said, you will be fishers of men. You will be a fisher. And, and we take those verses sometimes and we try to bring it in our context and just feel like Jesus was just saying that to him. That doesn't apply to me. And so I can live my life how I feel like I need to live. But yet people are still searching for purpose in all kinds of places. We're trying to find out why. And what's interesting about purpose is it's one of those buzzwords. And we use it like whenever we're trying to figure out like our five-year plan, which by the way, who even does that anymore after the last couple of years? What's the point of a five-year plan anymore? Am I right? It just all gets blown up anyway. And so why do a five-year plan? But you better figure some things out as you move forward, okay? But it goes along with words like vision. What's your vision for your life? Or, or here's a better one that is like probably one of the most confusing. What is your calling 
All right, these words, they, they get jumbled up and mismatched so many times, but we're, we're trying to figure out where we're going and who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. And we throw these words around like it's just like plain, but yet you see as people get older, even though they may have had their careers and they may have had things figured out, they still, they're still in the place that they're trying to figure out, why am I here? You see it in a student who is early, in the early years of college where they, they're graduating from high school and they have all the plans of what they're going to be. Oh, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. And then they go one semester of college and they find themselves in, in, in this administrator's office talking about their options moving forward <laughs> because they have one class that just ate them up. <laughs> Anybody had that class first semester? And you were rethinking your whole life. Like, not just college, but like your whole life. Like, you were thinking, I'm going to go work at the Gap and get some benefits. Right? What's, what, and so this is a question we like to ask. So what's a, what's a, what's a path that has none of those classes? Because that's the direction I'm going to go. And they're like, oh, general studies. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get on somewhere. Believe in the Lord. Okay. So you take these words, purpose and vision and calling and we're trying to figure it out and you you read this book about it and you hear that preacher and you listen to that podcast and they're all saying all these different things and we're just trying to bring it to our world bring it to our context so that we have something that we watch this we can settle on something that we just settle on and i find that many people just settle on a path but that may not be purpose but that was the best path. And hey, nothing wrong with it because we got bills to pay. Am I right? And I needed that job. I didn't like it. But when I worked at Kmart in high school, they paid me. Y'all remember Kmart? Man, I remember running my first blue light special. It was solid, man. It was solid. It was a cleaning product. Roll that little booth over there by that product and hit that siren on. And there were some people that came running. And it really wasn't that big of a discount. But that blue light, man, just drew them in. They were just sold on the blue light special. And so many times that's what we're doing with our lives. We're running to the blue light special. Or we're running to the blue light situation. Many times our lives winds up being a series of response to accident, situation, problem, after problem, after situation, after accident. And when you look over the course of your life, you realize, I have not been living on purpose. It's been an accident. You ever had that little conversation with a kid? I didn't do it on purpose. I promise I did not hit him in the mouth. On purpose. It was an accident. I heard you from the other room. I'm pretty sure you did it on purpose. Y'all know that little conversation? Y'all probably think, this dude's a terrible parent. Because your kids don't do that, am I right? Think of this, though. What has directed the course of your life? Has it been situations that didn't go the way that you thought they were going to go. And it started long before you started planning what you wanted your life to be. Because as children, we've all faced some things 
that has shaped our outlook, our perspective, which eventually affected our plans moving forward. Many times we say, I'm not going to be like that. And so we plan our lives according to what we're not going to be, but we never settle who we're really going to be. So it's just running to the blue light special every time. I wonder how many blue light specials we have been running to trying to figure out the course of our lives. You're thinking through right now. Yeah, I remember that one time. I remember that time. I wonder if that night where Simon didn't catch anything was turning into a blue light. Because for a commercial fisherman to go out and catch nothing, it's obviously going to affect the profits of the business moving forward. See, we don't have all the insight to know where they were financially, but we can put some pieces together to see that this has to be a tough night. This has to be much more than just we didn't catch anything. This has to be I've got to figure out payroll this week because I got the family on the payroll. Like when you work in the family business and you're running it and there's other, two other family members working for you and you got to pay. It ain't just your kids' mouths you got to feed. It's their kids too. And y'all got to see each other at Christmas. Are you following this? So this is not turning out to be like a really good thing. And it looks like, it feels like it could possibly be a blue light. But what we see in the course of this story is through these challenges, Jesus is trying to show something. He's trying to show Simon Peter something. And you and I, perhaps God is trying to show us something through the blue lights that have been going off in our life. But we're not always getting it because just like Simon, it's like, launch out again? We got to go and do this again? I'm tired from last time and the time before, and you want me to do this again? I don't have all the energy for that. And, and we can just see it as another task, another thing that I have to do. But it wasn't just something that Jesus was trying to get them to do. It was a place that he was trying to bring them to so that he could speak something to his life that would set him on a course that would change everything. It's what we're looking for, purpose. To figure out what we're supposed to do with our lives that's going to be fulfilling, that's going to make us happy. That we're going to feel confident that this is the way. This is who I'm supposed to be. I don't have to question it. I, don't have, I mean, am I right? That's what we really, really want. And that's why we look for options. We look at different things at different stages in our lives because we're trying to better things. We're trying to make the situation better. And in the middle of it, when you hear something like God created us with purpose, we got to be careful because we sit there and say, well, what was all that for? What have I been doing all of my life? Am I right? Like, what, what, what was I thinking? What have I been doing all this for? And God has purpose in it. But what if you knew what God had for you? I'm not talking about fortune telling here, y'all. In 10 years, am I going to get that big promotion? That's not what I'm talking about, but that's what we want God to do. Tell me everything so I don't have to worry about it, a.k.a. tell me everything so I don't have to exercise in faith. So many times we're searching for our God-given purpose in the wrong places. 
We're looking for purpose in the wrong places. Y'all remember that song, looking for love in all the wrong places? Y'all know that one? Yeah. Looking for purpose in all the wrong places. One of the common places we look is in our career. But what we're noticing is that people are changing careers about every five years now. Seriously. Ask any employer. They're seeing people turn over like crazy. This, this, this old school mentality of sticking with the company 40 years, getting that pension and walking away, there's very few of those people left because people look for other opportunities. And I don't think it's just money. I think some of it is a search for purpose. But we look in, we're looking for it in our careers. We look for it in our gifts and our abilities. If you're gifted with it, you're like, surely this is my purpose because God wouldn't have given me this gift if this wasn't my purpose. And many times our gifts are just based off of the perspective of how we see them used and not the big picture of how God could use them. And so even in our gifts and our abilities, we limit ourselves just to our experience of how we have seen it used. Do you see how the options went from here and we're narrowing it down now? We got our careers that we're looking for, purpose in. We got our gifts and our abilities that we're trying to find in. Sometimes it's positions. If I could just be the CEO of a company, if I could just become the vice president of ABC Incorporated, if I could just reach this level and be in supervision, and all the supervisors are like, you have no idea, son. I'll be off whenever I want. I can set the schedule. Yeah, and you going in when they all don't show up. Ask any supervisor right now. Because people ain't showing up. Uh, we search for it in our passions. Well, evidently, if I'm passionate about it, this has to be the path. And you can be passionate about a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that that becomes your purpose. That just might be some fuel for some things. Uh, we search for it in noble causes. Just some really noble causes that we believe that we should be a part of. But causes evolve and change over time. We search for it in earthly pleasure. I just want to get to the point in my life where we can travel. Where are you going? Wherever the wind blows. <laughs> what you going to do there? Enjoy the sights and the scenes. It'll be educational. We'll learn a lot. And what's crazy is all these things are great. Go for it with every one of them, but understand that those aren't the places to find purpose. They're not the place, and it's, it's disheartening for many of you. I can see the reactions on your face because perhaps you've been looking there trying to find it and it's frustrating because you feel like you're getting a little bit of momentum with it and then the preacher wants to preach this and it's like, well, fine, I ain't going to work tomorrow. But hold on, because you got some bills to pay. And you already booked that trip, and you put the first payment down, you got to pay the next one. Right? Like, like we, we, sometimes we just don't think rationally. We get so caught up in the search and, 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 and the ambition of it that we forget some realities that, like, there are responsibilities that are involved in all of this as we pursue our purpose. As we try to figure out our purpose. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16. It says, we look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. 
we look at this sun and see God's original purpose and everything created for everything, absolutely everything. Say everything. Above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. That's a lot of angels. Everything got started in him, and watch this, and finds its purpose in him. Find your purpose in him. After all, he is the creator. Why are we looking at created things to find purpose that can only come from the creator? Because it presents incredible options. But it always leaves us hanging. Always. How many of you got the job and thought, this is it? And then a couple of years in, you're like, oh, let's do that 21 days of fasting and prayer thing again, please. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or, or, or you start a business and think, this is it. Our, life, our family is about to change. And you start that business only to realize, oh, I thought I can work when I want. That's 24-7 now. Am I right? And I'm not complaining. I just know it takes work. It takes work to do all of these things. Uh, some of our biggest disappointments come from expecting something or someone to meet a need that only God can meet. Like there have been disappointments in relationships because we were trying to get something from that person in the relationship that they could not give. Only God can give it. And we're mad at them. Like, what is wrong with you? Can't you see that I need this? And they're like, what is wrong with you? I don't have that. I, I, I'm not God. You ever had that thrown at you? I'm not God. And it's true. It's just not said in the right tone. Because there's some things that just only God can give us. And when we're searching for purpose in created things, that's why I think we wind up with a lot of frustration because we expect created things to give us purpose. It's amazing how, like, even with children, because I've heard people say, this is my purpose in life. I have seen some people lose their minds with their children, and that's their purpose. It's like, come on now. Right? This, this person is a blessing from the Lord, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you some things. <laughs> we're looking for purpose. We're looking for what only God can give, but so many times we're looking for it in the things that God has created, but we were supposed to look for it in him. Now, this is frustrating, and I, I promise you I'm going somewhere with this. It's frustrating because we want our lives to be meaningful. Am I right? Like, we, we want meaningful lives. We want to accomplish some things. We want to make uh, a difference in the world. And sometimes we miss it because we're looking for, like, this lifetime opportunity that's going to fulfill what I believe is an eternal desire. See, purpose is an eternal desire. And we're looking for something that is only, like, happening in time a piece of eternity, to give us what only eternity can give us. I know, that's deep. You'll catch it later. We're trying to get something huge from something so small. 
We're trying to find something that is going to fulfill us with all of eternity, but yet it's so temporary. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who has retired before? And I see this with people as they step away from their careers and they go into retirement. They have to find themselves all over again because they don't know what they're here for. They had operated in this system for so long on this little treadmill. And listen, you got to have a job. I'm not downplaying that. But they operated on that for so long and thought that was their purpose. And when they retired away from it, they didn't know who they were anymore. And it's very discouraging, it's disappointing and depressing. It's all those D words all at one time, and they have to start all over. And it's, it's so frustrating because we put all our eggs in that basket thinking this was it. Come on, you, 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 you're feeling this today. So let me, let me say it like this. God's purpose for your life is bigger than your career. Okay? It's bigger. Doesn't mean it doesn't include it. It's just bigger. God's purpose for your life is bigger than your gifts. Thank God we got some gifts and talents and some abilities. But it's bigger than that. Okay? He will use it for your purpose. But that's not all of it. Okay? It's bigger than your position. Your position is great. But what if the company goes down and they eliminate the position? Then where you're at. And that's not negative. That's just observing Observing what has happened to people, it's bigger than earthly causes. It's bigger than our pleasures because it's eternal. Say it's big. Look at your neighbor and say it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. So let's break this down because I want to get to this part. Um, Simon was introduced to God's purpose for his life. Watch this. Through a request for help from Jesus. That is not how I would have chalked it up. Jesus steps into his boat and says, I need your boat. These people about to push me in the water. This is my good robe. I don't want it getting wet. And I'm not ready to show them how I can walk on water yet. That'll come later. Right now, it's not time. The day will come. It'll be time. But not now. Can you help me? And that's hard for us to imagine that Jesus would ask for help because he's the all self-sufficient one. God has no need, surely, am I right? And so some would say that's even blasphemous to say that Jesus was asking for help. But whenever we see some of the course of the miracles, he asked for help. Like his first one when he turned water into wine, it wasn't Jesus in the kitchen filling the water pots. He told some people, help me out. Fill those pots with water and start serving it to the guests. And, and, and it's just uncommon that Jesus would say, hey, can you help me out? And today, really, I just want to introduce to you that Jesus is saying, hey, every one of you, can you help me? I could do it all by myself, but I choose to include you. And if you come along, we're about to do some miracles. And I think that's the part for the disciples because it would be very easy to look for the, at these things like a task, like, Jesus, fill the pots with water. I don't feel like doing that. We're at a wedding. We're guests. Got my good shirt on. When they dancing, because I, I got some moves I want to show on the dance floor. 
Jesus like fill the pots with water. They fill it with water, they serve it, and it turns into wine. And now there's a party, am I right? And it's amazing because their, their, their mind is blown that just a simple ask for help brought them into a place where they would experience a miracle that made them more and more intrigued about who Jesus was and who Jesus wanted them to be. No wonder they wanted to continue to follow him. Am I right? Because Jesus is including them. And this is what I got. I, I have to get you to see this morning. Jesus wants to include you in what he is doing, which is why it's so necessary for us to understand his purpose for our lives. Because it's possible that we can disclude Jesus from what we're doing and expect him to bless us like we're in on everything he's doing. Come on. And it's so easy to fall into this trap because like, Jesus, come help me. Jesus, come help me. And Jesus all along is saying, hey, come help me. So watch this. And I, I, as I looked at this story, it just all started blowing up. Jesus is speaking to a crowd and he needs a place to speak from. He needs a place where he can stand so he can deliver the message. And so he asked Simon, can I borrow your boat? So Simon lets out into the water and Jesus is standing on the boat and he begins to speak to the crowd. And it's amazing because now the boat became the pulpit. The boat became the platform for Jesus to preach to the multitudes. And Simon just had a bad day at work. Nothing was happening. And Jesus like, can I borrow your boat? I guess so. And he sets Jesus up. And now Jesus is ministering to all the people. And Simon's like, what did I do here? You ever did that? Like, what have I got myself into? Oh, I commit. Oh, right. Why did I do that? But it was in the course of what he was doing. Things had begun to shift at that point. Jesus said, I need your help. Can we use your boat? Because got a bunch of people I need to speak to and I need a platform to stand on and so he uses Simon's boat as a platform to be able to speak and all Simon was doing was meeting a need never underestimate serving never underestimate helping with what God wants to do never underestimate it because in Simon, meet, in Simon meeting a need for Jesus, it helped a lot of people find Jesus. Or, or, are you starting to draw some dots to put together now? It was Simon's service that put him into place to discover God's purpose for him. It was his service. I have found the number one place the devil likes to attack a believer is in their service because if he can keep you from serving he will keep you from purpose if he can keep you from serving he can keep you from purpose watch this simon's boat that's his means of earning a living but his means of earning a living now serves as a platform for the son of god to stand on and speak something into the lives of people fishing that was his career but that didn't mean that doesn't mean that was his purpose that's what he did to earn money for his family come on how many of you got one of those things called a job where you earn money for your family that's awesome gotta have one 
Don't confuse, watch this, your platform with his purpose. What God wants to use as a platform, don't confuse it with God's purpose. Meaning this, God can use your career as a platform. God can use your gift as a platform. God can use your, your abilities. He can use your skills as a platform to do something in the lives of other people. And you also reap rewards of it. Like Simon, he let Jesus use the boat. Who got all the manpower together to get Jesus out there? Well, that's Simon. Jesus didn't do that. He just kind of stood on the front like the scene in Titanic. But all those other guys are pulling the rope and doing all the stuff, and it's physical labor, and Jesus gets out there. Someone's got to drop the anchor, and that guy that dropped the anchor is benefiting from this because Jesus is speaking something to people's lives, and these guys set it all up. Are you, are, are you seeing this? The service was the setup for the purpose, and Jesus is using what, what he was using for to earn a living. He's now taking it and using it for his purpose his Jesus pulpit his platform he was standing on Simon's career he showed up watch this he showed up at work that day Jesus showed up at work come on how many y'all need Jesus to show up at work you're like oh Jesus where you at <laughs> Jesus show up at work. But I wonder, is it just because there's a blue light going off? Is it because there's an emergency or is it because you're intentional and you want him there? See what I'm saying? There's a difference because you can go to work with purpose every single day and actually enjoy some things that are challenging. Because when you go to work with God's purpose, you see God's purpose at work, at work. And it changes how you view what you're doing. So Jesus tells him, you're going to be a fisher of men. He shows up in his life in places that we, like, like for most, most people that work in these different careers, you can't, you're not supposed to bring your faith to work. Like, that's HR guidelines. You can't do that. Right? But Jesus can still show up. At work. And you don't have to mess with the HR guidelines. Whenever you go to work with purpose. So I want to bring some simplicity to all of this. I'm, I'm trying to set up like, I'm, I'm trying to get you thinking and contemplating so much that you think this is so, oh my God, incredible. God's about to drop something on me. It's going to be incredible. And it is, but it's going to be so very simple. I believe God's ultimate purpose for us. His ultimate purpose for you, for me, for all of us, is simply this. To know him and to make him known. Ultimately, that is our God-given purpose. To know him and to make him known. That covers whatever you do. And I know you're sitting there saying, Pastor Wade, that is easy for you to do. You're the preacher and you kind of do this God thing like all the time. Ah, no, 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 don't confuse this because my purpose, whether I'm up here on the platform or not, is still to know God and to make him known. This is just my platform. And if this wasn't my platform, there would be another platform that I could stand on. And it might look like a ladder on a construction site, 
but I could still know God and make him known on the construction site as I stand 25 feet off the ground painting the eave of a house. I can still do it. I'm bringing purpose with me. I'm not trying to get purpose from it. You see what I'm saying? I bring purpose to the gifts that I have so that I use it for God's purpose. I use the abilities that I have for God's purposes. I'm not trying to get purpose from the created things, but I'm bringing purpose to the created things that God has given me. And so when you look at this, Simon Peter, he is getting purpose that, hey, you're going to fish for men. In other words, fishing is your platform, but that's going to be where God's purpose can be used in your life. And when you go to work, when you do all of these things with purpose when you parent with purpose it changes the way you react whenever your kid doesn't line up with how you think it needs to go so instead of flipping on the blue light like you're at kmart you're getting on your knees and interceding to help them find the god-given purpose he has for them because ultimately every parent wants their child to know jesus am i right And we want them to live out God's plan. We want them to know him and make him known. And if we bring that everywhere we go, there's a fulfillment that comes with it that no job, no gift, no passion, no pleasure can give you. You say, but what about the job? What about all these things? That's part of the plan. The purpose is the why. The plan helps fulfill the purpose. And we get those confused. We get it so confused because we're trying to find purpose in the plans. And it's like, no, the purpose is what God gives you. This is the reason that I have created you. Do you know the first and foremost reason that you were created was to worship God? Was to worship God. And how many of these things that we have looked for purpose in have kept us sometimes from worshiping God. Or are, are you grabbing this today? That's why I say it's time to live on purpose instead of just responding to blue lights that are going off everywhere and chasing it down. Let me fix it. Let me do this. Let me do that. It's time to live on purpose. And whatever I do, because really you can do whatever. with your job you do know you can do whatever you can if you bring purpose with it you can do whatever and there's people saying I can't do this anymore I can't do this anymore and many times the reason we can't do this anymore is because we forgot our purpose people burn out because they forgot their purpose And they thought the opportunity was going to give them what only God can give them. That's why we hear it said, don't forget the why. Don't forget the why. Be like the four-year-old. Why? Why? Or like they say in my family, well, why? Let's finish here. Three things your God-given purpose will require. Three things. Real quick. Number one. You must say yes. Simon Peter, when Jesus stepped in the boat, Jesus said, can we use this thing? He said, yes. 
It requires obedience to him. It requires surrender to him. Here's a big word. It requires availability to him. Here's the second thing. Your God-given purpose will require you must go deeper. It will require you to go deeper. Watch this. I had to, I, I've been waiting to say this. Deeper is where development takes place. Deeper is where development takes place. And many people, they avoid the deep. Like the deep things of God. You've heard people say that you need to go deeper. And people are like, I don't want to be deep, man. That's weird. People get weird when they get deep. I'm not talking about going off the deep end. Because you're right. There are some people out there that are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But what if your roots went down deeper? What if your roots went deeper? Obviously, it's going to result in you being stronger. Purpose was being developed when Simon went deeper. This is where words like discipleship come into play. This is where words like sanctification come into play. Meaning this, the deeper you go, there are some things that cannot go with you. There are some things that you must stop. There are some things you must start. There's some discipline that is developed. Let's say it this way too. There's character that is developed. And this is a tough one because so many people, they laud their gifts. But if you don't have character to sustain you, your gifts may not be able to be used. Character matters. Am I right? Part of that development is your character, some godly character in your life. So think of this. I want to make God known, but your attitude is terrible. That's going to be hard to make him known because people are like, well, if that's what God's like, I'll go find something else. Character matters deeper. means development. And here's the third thing. You need partners. Because when they started catching all those fish, Simon couldn't handle it by himself. Here's what I mean. The purpose that God has for us, we can't handle it by ourselves. It's bigger than me. It's for me, but it's bigger than me. And whatever God has for your life, you need people to help you. You need some partners. After all, God's purpose is to use you to reach people. It is. It's not all about you. We said it last week, doing something bigger than myself. He wants to use you to reach people. So watch this. We serve God's purpose for people, with people. For people, with people. No Lone Rangers. Jesus didn't even do Lone Ranger. He didn't do it by himself. He could have, but he brought people in. That's why I believe the church is so important. Because we're in this together. And when we as church people forget the purpose of what we're doing and turning into just what we want it to be, it is going to be very challenging to continue to do it. I've got to stay focused on God's purpose, knowing him and making him known. Even as I live out all these plans and go to work and raise my kids and use my gifts and talents and abilities and get an education, all these different things, in the middle of it all, I cannot forget why. I cannot. If I do, I will get burnt out. If I do, I will get offended. If I do, I will not feel like it. 
purpose is what keeps you going. It's the why. And God uses people. I believe God uses people to help us to keep going. I believe God can use you to help people keep going. It's about purpose. This is our why. And that's why I say with your careers, all those other things, you can do whatever you need to do. You say, well, should I not pray about it? Yeah, pray about your job and all those things. But ultimately, whatever career path you take, whatever you choose to do with your life, just make sure that in the course of doing it, you're knowing God and you're making him known. And if it starts interfering with you knowing God, you know I got to do something about that because perhaps this thing doesn't belong in my life if it's keeping me from being in a relationship with God. And if it's keeping me from making God known, I've got to make some changes because this is what I am here for. And if you bring that with you into all these different areas, you bring purpose, it changes things because now you know I'm not just here to crunch numbers for the company. There's somebody here that needs to hear what God is trying to say to them. But this job right here, this desk, it's just a platform for him to stand on. This ladder, it's a platform for him to stand on. This truck that I'm driving, it's a platform for him to stand on. Jesus, come get in the boat. Come get in the boat. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus We want to live on purpose. We don't want to just be frantically running from situation to situation, trying to find out what in the world. But we want to be aimed and fixed on knowing you and making you known. And I thank you. That purpose brings eternal fulfillment to our lives. started when Jesus got in the boat and maybe Jesus is not in your life today you can invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life he will forgive your sins and he will bring purpose meaning value that you never knew that you had if you're here today and don't know Jesus as your Savior need him to forgive you of your sins need that fresh start that new beginning I want to lead you into prayer this morning everyone repeat this after me say dear Lord Thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to the cross to die for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price and taking the punishment that I deserve. Today, I put my faith and trust in you. And I choose to follow your ways. I turn from the ways that I've been living. And I choose to follow you. I announce that you're my Lord. You're my Savior. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah.